Thanks for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City Podcast. Our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. If you'd like to visit us in person, we are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway here in beautiful Johnson City, Tennessee. You can become a giving partner by visiting us at believerschurchjc.com. We love you, we are praying for you, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So since childhood, I was always the person in my, in my friends group that was comfortable with public speaking and kind of comfortable with, it seemed like if we had an issue or problems going on, it felt like people would often look to me uh, to try to figure out the solutions. It doesn't mean that I always felt very comfortable with that role, but for whatever reason, it seems like I was kind of moved into that direction. As a new Christian at 16, this made it easy to accept a call into ministry, given what seemed like was a skill set at that time that I possessed. When I walked away a couple years later from Christianity after deconstructing my faith, I made the decision to go into academia and become a sociologist. So that's what I did in college. And one of the reasons for that was it felt in some ways like the skill set that I had in ministry with speaking and working with people the way that I did, almost kind of translated over into that kind of work. So it was still kind of working within the tool belt of what I had. It also made sense 10 years ago, whenever I re-entered into ministry, I've had a very strange life. When I entered back into pastoral ministry, it made sense to use that skill set again. So a few questions that I have for you as we begin this brand new series today, a few questions that arise. Number one, what are you good at? All right, what are you good at? And I know some of you in here think, well, I'm just not very good at anything. I'm not one of those talented people that is able to do a lot of different things. But that's not true. Every single person in here is good at something. And as we were praying just on this stage, this is not something I've been thinking about this week, but as we were praying up on this stage before our service started this morning, I was thinking to myself, there are people that are coming in here today with a crisis of identity. So whenever I talk about that, I'm not talking about what you're going to do with the rest of your life as far as your career. A few things have fallen apart. You're trying to figure out what college you're going to go to. Anything like that. This is deeper than career. This is even deeper than some of the components of your family life because it pours in and informs those things in a deeper way. So what are you good at? That's the first thing that I want you to think about. And maybe if you're not a super confident person, you need other people to share with you some of the things that you may be good at. What is the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift or an ability and a spiritual gift? Because sometimes those tend to overlap for us. Do we all have spiritual gifts or is that just something for some people? And then what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? So these are the questions that we're seeking to answer over the next five weeks, we're starting today a series titled Gifted, and we're discussing all things spiritual gifts. So I want to share with you really quickly what we intend to do with this series and what we're not going to do with this series. So first off, what we are intending to do with this series is investigate the purpose of spiritual gifts and how they work within the body, because the first function of a spiritual gift is to build up the body of Christ. So that's the first thing right there. But then the second part that you may be more interested in as an individual is show how a person can discover 
and live out these gifts. Because there are people maybe in this room right now, you're in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, and you say, I just never have been able to figure out or understand what it is that God wants me to do. Now, I will say to you first, this is not just going to fall in your lap one day. Like all of a sudden, I've got the gift of prophecy. It's not going to fall in your lap like that. There's seeking, there is praying, there is discernment. There are all of these things that take place, and then you have to have the courage to step in to the gifting that God has specifically for your life. So what we, that's what we intend to do. What we don't intend to do is closely analyze each spiritual gift. Because I'm going to provide a list of spiritual gifts next week, and we'll talk about specific spiritual gifts as we go on. But we're not going to be able to take the time to go through every single spiritual gift and talk about what that is. But we have a different way that we'll do that through a spiritual inventory that we'll share with you probably next week, if not next week, the week after that. So this series is a part of a return to our beginning of the year vision series, which was called A Mess Worth Making. So at the beginning of the year, our Vision 2023 series was about shifts in our church, messy shifts in our church that would bring about some change that are very difficult. And we spent a lot of this year talking about the first two, and I wanted to wait till closer till the end of summer or as we get into the fall to talk about the third. So just a little recap for you guys. Again, the series was called The Mess Worth Making, and messy shift number one was this, just as a refresher. We talked about going from a home church to a sending station, meaning this is not just a place, oh, the worship is great, the people are so nice, we've got a good community of this, that, or the other. No, we want you to live as a, as a disciple of Christ that understands your life as being sent out. There is no comfort in the Christian life. There is not one single day that you sit back and you say, oh, it's just all wonderful. You are always being driven and pushed into something deeper, not to hurt you, but for your benefit. And that's what we're trying to help people understand. Shift number two is from church attender to disciple maker. So you're on the other side of that. You actually have a responsibility Disciple-making, which very few churches actually do, even though that's the Great Commission, that's what we're called toward. But disciple-making is something that we are all called to do. You say, well, I'm an introvert. You know, I'm not very good with people. I have social anxiety. It doesn't mean that you have to do this the exact same way that I do it. But as a believer, we are all called. So I would ask you right now, it's a rhetorical question, don't answer, but I would ask you, who are the disciples in your life right now? Who are you making a disciple? On the other side of that, if you're a newer believer or you never had that experience, who is discipling you? Now, if you reach out to me and you say, I've been a Christian for a period of time, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm curious about Christianity, and I want more information about this, I'd like to be discipled, <clears throat> I will do everything within my ability to connect you with someone who can disciple you. We, we have willing people in the church, and we're at a place right now where about 50% of our church is either being discipled or making disciples. And that's what we're seeking to build into the future. So then messy shift number three, and again, all this stuff is really hard, that's why it's called messy, is from volunteering to spiritual gifting. Now I do want to emphasize the importance of volunteering, meaning that many of you, every single Sunday or most Sundays, you serve in a very particular important role in our church, and I'm not trying to take away from that. Like, you may serve in kids' ministry, but you may think that that's not your gifting. 
You may serve in hospitality and open the doors, but you may not feel like specifically that you're gifting. So I'm not taking away from that. I'm not saying stop doing that. But the point that I'm making is that there is something that is deeper for your life. And this is where we actually get into the part about gifting. So what does it do for the local body? What does it do in your life? These are the things that are so important today. So I'm going to share this about shift number three, and then I want to get into our passage. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 and Romans chapter 12, if you want to turn there, just for a little while, Ephesians 4, and then just half of a verse in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. So I'm going to say this really quick, and it's very important that you understand this. We are not trying to create at Believer's Church a healthy organization based on positive work habits and utilizing talents. This is not a school system. This is not a business. This is not a bank. This is not one of those places where I'm going to come in and say on Friday it's Hawaiian shirt day and we're going to work on all these positive work habits or anything like that. That's not who we are. So when we're talking about gifting and we're talking about the church being different, this is what we're saying. We are trying to help people find their identity in Christ. If there is something that we are responsible for, if there is something that I can offer you or others here can offer, who are you at your very core? The trauma and the trouble that you were born into, the difficulty that you've had, the broken relationships, all of those things. What is your core identity and who are you? So they can then discover their spiritual gifts, which is part of our identity, and then use those for the advancement, the furthering of the kingdom, and movement in the local church. Whenever we are using spiritual gifts together, something happens. It's countercultural. It looks different than the other things that you are going to see in other parts of society. It is core, and I'll say it again and again and again throughout this series, to who you are. Your occupation, your hobbies, those things in your life and your spiritual gifts are in different categories, and this over here is what informs your identity. So if you're in here today and you're 45 years old, you're 64 years old, you're 27 years old, and you say, I have never really discovered my spiritual gifts, that means there is an unveiling or an uncovering within you that is still yet to be that you can experience. And that is the prayer that I have for us. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at four verses here, 7 through 10. This is what the passage says. God has given his grace to each one of us, measured out by the gift that is given by Christ. That's why scripture says, and this is from Psalm 68, when he climbed up to the heights, he captured prisoners and he gave gifts to people. What does this phrase, he climbed up, mean if it doesn't mean that he had first gone down into the lower regions of the earth? The one who went down is the same one who climbed up above all the heavens so that he might fill everything. Now, if you guys will pull up Romans chapter 12 and the first part of verse 6, I'm going to read it with you here. We have, and we're going to go back into Ephesians 4 and Romans 12 in this series. There's going to be a lot of overlapping. We have different gifts, which is a good thing. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us as believers. So what I'm going to do with the time that I have left are just a couple things. First, there are some of you in here right now, no doubt you're saying, what in the world is a spiritual gift? 
Is that like someone gets me from the Christian bookstore, like a gift? You know, <clears throat> what is a spiritual gift? What does that even mean? So is that a talent? Is that a, an ability? I get it if that language is brand new and confusing, if you've not been in church in a long time, or if this is not language that you're familiar with. But then also, just three important points about spiritual gifts that we want to leave with today. That's what we're going to do to introduce this topic. So first, what is a spiritual gift? This is a spiritual gift. According to the Oxford University Press, a spiritual gift, or the charismata, is an extraordinary power given by the Holy Spirit. An extraordinary power. You're, you mean, I possess, Cora always asked me, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I say, speaking in you know, tongues. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like walking through a wall, flying, you know, all these kind of things. So what is the gift that you, that you have in your life that you possess that is actually an empowerment. Is my voice this bad every, every day, this, every time I'm up here, Tammy? Okay, thank you. So what is it that we're seeking, and what is it that the gifts are that are being actually given to us through this spiritual experience? Something that we do not possess on our own. An empowerment that doesn't come across as something that we naturally have as a natural ability. So three important points that we want to make are this. Gifting is not the same thing as talents or abilities. Now, there can be some overlap, okay? But they're not exactly the same thing. Number two, spiritual gifts are a product of God's grace. What we just said, again, not something that comes on our own. But then number three, spiritual gifting is fluid opposed to static meaning it's something that can change over time. So these are the three that we're going to walk through, and the first is get this. Gifting is not the same thing as talent or abilities. There is a difference between spiritual gifts and skills. There is a difference between spiritual gifts and skills. So Jared that plays the, the drums over here, how old do you guys think Jared is? 14? Jared, how old are you? Oh, he is 14. Okay. Well, people ask me all the time on a regular basis, how old's the drummer? And I'm just like, I found that the younger I make him, the more dramatic it is and people like it more. So how old's the drummer? I think he's four months old. Four months old and he's able to do that. But the younger that I make him, because all the time, how old is that drummer? Now, uh, you need to be humble, okay? We're just going to let you know that 14 years old may be difficult. But he is incredibly talented. Now, some people may disagree with this. You may not like this. Him playing the drums, that's not a gift. That's a talent. That's an ability. But do you want to know what a gift is? One of the spiritual gifts, and we'll put the list up next week, serving. Serving is a gift. So even, you know, Tyler, great voice, great musicians, people working in kids, kids ministry, now teaching, like teaching up here, that is a gift. But working in kids' ministry, if you're wonderful with it, that's not a gift. That's a talent or an ability. But a person who has the grace pouring through them and then goes into that role is able to do extraordinary things that they would not be able to do otherwise. So there's a difference. And there's many ways that we can express this. But as we were planning for this series, uh, Mark Seymour, Dad, myself, we were talking about some different things. There's an analogy that I want to give you. It's an acronym, and it's really going to help understand this. It's called SHAPE. You guys have it right up here. Rick Warren was one of the individuals that helped develop this. So I want you to think about the S as spiritual gifts. 
Okay, so the S is spiritual gifts. What has God supernaturally gifted me to do? Okay, so I could talk about teaching. I could talk about leadership. And I'll try to use myself as an example. You can think about yourself. This category right here, you may not know. But this is where your spiritual gifts actually are. The second category, the H, is heart. What do I have a passion for? And what do I love to do? So I want you to think about that. What do I have a passion for? And what do I love to do? Now, for me as an individual, I love to see people grow in their faith. I love to see people step into a calling in their life. Tasha, I was actually thinking about you this week whenever I was working on this to see the growth that you've had this year being discipled, the work that you're doing in Eastern Kentucky, uh, to see your post, to know your walk personally, spending time with you. I could go around the room and name other people, but that's what gets me up in the morning. I'm just being completely honest. To see the growth in my kids, to see the growth around me, that is, that is like my thing. That is my heart. That is my passion. For someone to tell me, I feel like I'm being called into ministry. I feel like I'm being called out deeper in my life. That is where my heart is. It's just the way that God's made me. Now, abilities is the A. What natural skills or talents do I have? This is important because you need to understand what you have and what you don't have. What you have and what you don't have. So, for me, uh, multitasking, public speaking, working under pressure, uh, building people up. You know, what I don't have, I can't sing. I just can't. That's it. Amen. All right. I, I can't build things. <laughs> yeah. All right, dad. That, he's going to be excommunicated. All right. I'm not that wonderful with teenagers. That's when every youth in your script. Amen. All right. I, I, I know at this stage... I have enough self-awareness to know what I am and what I'm not. And just to be completely honest with you, and I'm, I'm not trying to be hard on myself, I, I, I have more nots. You know, I have more things that I'm not, but what I do have, you learn to utilize. Now, the P falls into your personality. And this is going to play deeply, not only into your gifting, but also into your talents and your abilities and the other things in your life. So who are you when it comes to your personality? You know, as a social scientist, I love Myers-Briggs. Okay, I love the 16 personality types. Every time I work with a leader, I end up having them take the Myers-Briggs because it helps me understand who they are. And my personality, it's called the advocate. It's about 2% of the population. It's an ENFJ are the initials. So the E is an extrovert. In case you couldn't tell, I'm an extrovert. I've never met a stranger in my life. You could disagree with me about my faith, politically, where we are in life, and I could find some kind of common ground to where I could develop a relationship, a friendship, or a conversation with just about anybody. It is true to say that I've never met a stranger in my entire life. The, I, uh, the N is for intuition, and that means I'm kind of a big picture future thinker. Sometimes it's hard for me. Uh, the other individuals that fall into this or S, and that means sensing. They're really good in the moment. They're really good with details. But I'm all in, what are we going to do as we move forward into the future? And I'm an advocate for those things. The F is feelings. And I teeter right around 50% with the feelings and the thinking. Okay, so I'm right there almost in the middle, but I'm an advocate for people. I want to see people do better. I want to see people grow. I want to see people live out their potential. That's something very important to me. And in the J is judgment. And that means I need organization. 
and I need planning. And the P is perception, and that means you're more spontaneous and you go with the flow. So what is your personality, and how well do you know yourself? And then the E is experiences. What spiritual experiences have I had? What painful experiences have I had? What educational experiences have I had? What ministry experiences, if any, have I, have I had? So as we move through this series, we're going to have the opportunity to go deeper into this with a spiritual gifts inventory. But I want to say this, this is something that you can take as a church. So we may provide a link up here, something on the website. But if you're walking through a discipling relationship, this is part of the discipleship grid that we put together. So if you're working through a discipleship relationship, we want to really get into this so that as you go out of the disciple relationship to disciple others, you have a firm understanding of the direction that God is calling you in your life. The second thing I want to point out, and I believe today this is by far the most important, spiritual gifts are a product of God's grace. They're a product from start to finish of God's grace. This is where talents and skills are a little bit different. So listen to this. Experience is good. Working with others or job shadowing or trying to learn different things, that's really good. Trying to do your best at tasks, that's something that's really good. But until you've learned to walk this out in grace, you are not experiencing these things as spiritual gifts in your life. And let me just say this. I want you to understand this. Again, not being too hard on myself, it's just the reality. I have nothing to offer you in my flesh. I have absolutely nothing to give you. There, there's, there's no level of thinking, planning, motivation, enthusiasm, charismatic speaking, persuasion, motivation, anything that I have to offer you. If I'm able to trick you for a short period of time with what appears to be a, a decent personality, that is going to end. I am going to exhaust my resources. But when the grace of God is pouring through me as a result of my salvation, and as a result of my reflection in my relationship with Jesus, you're able to receive something on your end. Okay, there is a difference. Talk about a same skill set. When I step into a classroom to teach sociology, I am using the same voice that I'm using here today, but I am not bringing transformation in anyone's life. If I were to stand up here and talk about structural functionalism, which I do, you know, starting next week again as we go back, you're not going to receive a lot out of that. The most I've ever had was this class inspired me. I want to become a sociology major. That's as far as it goes. But not, I don't know what happened in church today, but I have been transformed. I have been changed. I have got to walk away from that. And you guys say to me all the time, who told you what was going on in my life last week? I, I didn't know you knew those things about me or you were preaching directly to me today. I don't know any of these things that you don't tell me. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit that pours into every single gift that leads people and directs people. And I am telling you, there is none of this that I am capable of doing. I literally have nothing to offer you. And the day that I lose or miss that grace is the day that you guys need to start searching for another pastor. Because there is nothing that I have to offer. This is what the passage says. Romans 12, 6 says this. We have different gifts. We're, we're a whole body that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If you are a child of God, 
If you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if that's real to you, if that's not something that's just passive and all these other things in your life, that grace is pouring through you. And, and this is the thing that frustrates me more than anything because I know like I have like a, a, a motivated like go-getter personality. But some people in this room right now, you have so much greater gifting than I do. It's just a fact. Like I'm around you and I hear things and I see things, and I'm like, what is it keeping you from stepping into this? Because you have so much more to offer than someone like me. Like, I consider myself to be like in the, the bottom level of being able to offer things. But some of you, you, just, you have a voice. You have a compassion. You have an enthusiasm. And when you learn to use those gifts, it's going to change everything. That we see, but people are held back. That was, see, I've always been willing to step into things. I just don't have the gifts that some of you have. But when you tap into that grace, when you see your own weakness, when you know you can't do it, and you say, God, use what is here, it is amazing what happens in your life. And then we go, when we go into uh, Ephesians 4, verse 7, God has given grace to each one of us. Measured out by the gift that is given by Christ. Everything you need. You know, you could get a book. You could go through a mentorship. You could go to a conference. You could do all this training. Everything that you need is right here. Through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, you have all of it right now. And the question is, when will you unleash these things? So the biggest difference, like in my teaching and, my, and, 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 and ministry work is that with teaching, I can offer like some skills-based learning. But the preaching can produce life-changing fruit that changes everything. And this is what the spiritual gifts do. And again, we'll offer a list next week. So then spiritual gifting, lastly, is fluid opposed to static. It's fluid opposed to static, meaning it's not something... No, no gifts, your gifts can remain the same throughout your entire life. But also sometimes with age and with experience. And some of these things that we mentioned, your gifting can change. And here's what I mean. Your gifting at 27 may not be your gifting at 62. Your gifts at one age may be the same as they are years later. But the way that you use those gifts may be significantly different. So what you're doing today may not be what you're always doing. And here's the reason. If you are growing in Christ... You are always growing in grace. So I say to my dad one day, we're having a conversation, and I'm like, you know, you've got something that I, that I don't. <clears throat> and he says, what's that? And I'm like, you're just, you're really compassionate. I <laughs> know that sounds awful. But it's just, it's just that, that's a spiritual gift. Acts of mercy, that's a spiritual gift. And I don't, I'm just being honest with you. Maybe I'm more of a preacher than a pastor or a shepherd. But I'm just being completely honest because my dad has the ability, and some of you know this, if you're in a conversation with him, you feel like you're the only person in the room. That's a gift. He says, it took years to get that. I used to be the way that you were. So maybe that's where we see that it's, it's not static. It's something that's fluid over time. And I just have to mention this. And the reason that I have to mention this is because he is such an encourager, and I need to give a public encourager. There is no encourager I've ever met in my life like Mark McGill. Never in my life has there been an encourager. Mark, Tammy, you better, you better clap. He didn't encourage me at home. But, 
But I am here to tell you, he sends out text messages, and he's going to say, I sound like a broken record. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm like, no, I can handle it. Keep on, keep on, keep on. He says, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but where the church is and the work that you're doing, Matt, and the things that you're part of, do you have any idea how much some of us need that? And do you know how much some of us are weak in that area? But some of you, you may think, well, I'm just not that gifted because I'm not on a platform or I'm not on a stage. But you have gifts. God doesn't. God loves the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I better, not get, I better not get the cart before the horse because that's next week and the week after that. But God loves that kind of work. And it's like some of you have these, these, these gifts that are so important and the body cannot make it without those kind of gifts. So I say all these things today to, to share this with you. There, there are teenagers that are in the room right now. You know, we got uh, 10 to 15 teenagers in the room right now, maybe more. And uh, they're in what psychologists would call the late adolescent stage. Like, the, they're, they're starting to carve out, like, parents, you have taught them some things, and you've built a foundation. But what's happening for some of them now, especially those that are juniors and seniors, is they're starting to carve out their own identity. Okay, they're starting to, they're, they're taking maybe some, if not a lot, of what you taught them. Some of it they know they probably want to reject. And their personhood, you guys remember this, their personhood is starting to develop. There are also people that are in here today that are in their 20s, all the way maybe through their 90s, and they're still asking these questions of identity about why am I here? What is my purpose? What is it that I was made for? And this is one of the biggest questions in life that we ask. So I need you to hear me whenever I say this. Identifying your gifting, please hear me at all ages. Identifying your gifting reveals your purpose. It helps you understand what you're here and what this big, whole, crazy thing we call Earth is all about. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, your friends at school, your college professors, they are not going to be able to inform you of those things. Now, they're going to give you a lot of ideas, but whenever you start to live into your personal gifting, I, I can't even begin to tell you what this does. I can't even begin to tell you as a person that has struggled for over 20 years with anxiety and depression, whenever my gifting started to be revealed, I cannot even tell you how much my mental health improved. I cannot even tell you how much different things in my life started to make sense because all of a sudden it was like, now I understand why I'm here. Like I see what it's about. And to hear others confirm that in your life, you have no idea what that does and the level that that elevates you to. I was at a recovery meeting here recently, and I heard a friend of mine, he was talking about some things that, he was going, that was going on in his life, and another person said, listen, I know this is difficult, I know that's difficult, I know you're going through these things, but I want to tell you something, and this was just a prophetic moment, I needed to hear this for this series, but he said, when you discover what your spiritual gifting is, when you have a deep, fundamental understanding of why you are here, it's amazing how the relationship problems, the issues you may have with your church, the issues that you have at work, the stuff internally that's going on inside of you, it is amazing how all of those things start to trickle away when you have an understanding of your core identity. So other forms of identity, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professor, 
I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a friend, I'm all of these other things. In sociology, we call this a master status. Your core identity with who you are is found in your gifting, and then every bit of the rest of your life flows from that place. So if you don't have that starting place of flow, that's where you get into trouble. And that's where you start to see the confusions and the problems and the issues, and you're always angry. We have too many people that are just angry all the time. They're constantly, there's a side. It's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. I guess it would be Republicans and Democrats if we're, if we're correct with the sides. It's, it's all these different things that we're complaining about and we're angry about. And when you get your gifting and you understand that, it's amazing how much is minimized in your life. So identifying your gifting reveals, reveals your purpose. Living out your gifting solidifies or edifies the, edifies the church and solidifies your purpose. You know, I have hard days. I have uh, bad days as a husband, bad days as a dad, bad days as a sociologist, bad days as a pastor, but I never question why I'm here. And I don't just mean question why I'm here with gifts. I mean literally like this spot right here brings me so much peace. And that's what I want for you. Some of you have that. Some of you have discovered that. But if you haven't, please don't let the shame of the past or the mistakes that you've made or some of the problems that you've went through, if anything, those build and empower your gifts in an amazing way. How is it that, that the person who has been through the shame of divorce ends up being such an advocate for people who go through a divorce and go through those hard moments? I've seen it. Someone who struggles so badly with drug addiction becomes that voice for addicts. And whatever you've been through, the difficulty ends up pouring into other people in this absolutely incredible way. Now, those things specifically, not a gift, but if you serve, if you teach, if you use those acts of mercy, if you use that compassion, you're activifying a, activ um, activating a grace that is moving other people. So I'll close with this today. Discovering your spiritual gifts answers questions of identity. I think if I say that about 73 times, you'll get it. Discovering your spiritual gifts can answer questions of personal calling, meaning that you start to step into something. Okay, I, God, I can, I can feel you working in this. It does have to be confirmed by other people. That's part of it. Never go into a call in ministry if you don't know for certain that's what you're supposed to do. If other people aren't cheering you on and saying the Holy Spirit is working in your life, sometimes you've stepped into something that's a little bit hard to get out of. All right, so pay attention to that. And then discovering your spiritual gifts builds the local church. One of the reasons that the local church sometimes looks like such a mess is because we operate like a corporation trying to run in all these different directions with every kind of pipeline you can imagine, every kind of uh, uh, tool and task and all these different things, all these conferences, and we've never learned how to take people, pour their spiritual gifts in, help them understand that, activate that grace in their life so that we can work together as the most beautiful expression of, of unity that the world has ever seen. So lastly, why are spiritual gifts so powerful and so important? First, Jesus died for our sins. Do you believe that? Do you, do you know that? Like, do you feel that when you came here today? Or is that, is that so casual to you? You know, I just, God is leading me in this direction. I've just got to say this. You, you see all these black spots all over the floor? They're everywhere in the lobby too. And whenever I first came here, true story, my OCD, like they just about drove me crazy. 
But what happened is, over time, I just forgot about it. Like I no longer recognized it. We're painting in this room over here, and Nancy Greenlee says, did you guys notice all those black spots that are in the, on the floor in the lobby? I had not paid attention to that in years. This is the point. You've become so accustomed in an easy American life to God's grace that you don't even recognize what he's done for you. You walk by it every single day in your little world, scrolling, talking about all your problems and all your issues, and you can't activate the grace if the grace is forgotten. So that has to be the place that we start. Jesus died for your sins. We are saved through receiving God's grace. Spiritual gifts exist when the core of you is merged with the life-changing grace of God. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed this morning. I want to come to you today and, and as we close, I want to be a source of encouragement for you today. For those that are in here and you're saying, why am I here? I'm not talking teenagers about the college applications that you're filling out or going into 10th grade. I'm not talking about for those of you that are in a transition with your corporate job. I'm not talking about the next promotion that you might receive. I'm not talking about any of those kinds of things right there. I'm talking about deep down, if, if, if eternity is real, if these things are real, why am I here? And I feel like I need to say this as a voice of encouragement to some. You are not too old. You are not too damaged. You are not too shy or socially backward. You are not too insignificant. If you spend five minutes in Scripture, you're going to find that these are the people that advanced the kingdom the most. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do as we stand in just a second to pray, if you are clueless about your spiritual gifts, or you know that God is moving you in a direction, and you just, you just keep taking a step back, like you know He's calling you to do something, you're supposed to work in ministry in some way, you're supposed to be this voice in your school system, you're supposed to be this at your office place, you're supposed to work with this demographic, people, demographic of people. I'm speaking to those people as well that continue to hit the mute button and the pause button every single time they think things get scary. As we begin this series, will you lay those things down at the feet of Jesus? Will you ask him today, God, what is the direction that you're sending me? Where are my gifts? How are they supposed to be utilized? Father, how can I understand on a deeper level who I am, the deepest level who I am? for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for uh, continuing to pour into us as a church for the work that you're doing here. And God, I pray in this moment for a spirit of conviction to fall upon this place, Father, uh, for those that came in with a need. And Father, I pray for a conviction of peace, like for a, a burden to be removed, Father, so that people can come forward and say, I'm just going to say yes. Whatever it is, I want to be part of life change for other people. I want to know that I am doing kingdom work. I know that one day 
I'm, 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 I might be in a hospital bed or, or, or in some other situation, and I want something to show for it that I can take into the next life because this life is so, so, so short in the grand scheme of things. Father, we praise you and we thank you for the work that we're, you're already going to do. God, we're grateful for the movement that you're going to create in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. Make sure you join us again next week. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and information about Believer's Church. God bless and have a great day.